Hello and welcome back to the Catch the Blitz show season two episode 13. I think this week's episode 13 and I think last week I said it was episode 13. So a bit of a mess but we're back. Um, Thomas Parker and Christian Catanacci as always. Cat, how's it going? You're looking a little uh, fatter in the fingers today. What's, yeah, what's going on with that? You know, I had a I had an incident. The MVP of the VTFL oh, um, is going to be out for a few weeks here. I suffered a dislocated pinky finger on Sunday. Um, I got to watch the, the whole game, though, so I guess at the end of the day, it, I was laughing. But uh, the team lost, so it's not obviously a, a good thing, but got to pop back in. They gave me some bandages. They froze it up at least, so I didn't feel much. But it was it was a while well, sitting in the hospital there for about three hours. It was it was painful, waiting, letting it get swell up. But eh, we move on. It is what it is. Another day, another dollar. You know what they say? Yeah. So what's the injury report status? How long? How long you out for? Uh, doc said about fourteen days, and then I got a checkup appointment, and we'll see. I I don't. I mean. It happened to me before, but I just put it back in myself, yeah. right? But this time I couldn't do it, um, so we'll see. I'm I'm saying two. I'll miss a game for sure. Maybe next Sunday I'll play. Maybe next Sunday I'll be back in. All yeah. right, that's that's huge. Sure, I gotta have my team for a playoff push. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not NFL news at all. But here no. we are talking about. Yeah, it's, it's NFL show. news. We should have we, we should have um, a CTB for the VTFL. We should we should do a VTFL podcast. I mean, I don't know if it would have as much interest, but we'll see. We'll see if it's if it, down the road. Um, so your return is delayed, but of course it is week 13 in the NFL, which means a big, I'll call him a superstar because let's be honest, he hasn't played in a long time, but that's what he is. A big superstar is returning to the gridiron this week, um, and albeit it's a controversial one, and that's Deshaun Watson. Now we talked about Deshaun Watson feels like every single episode for a long, long time on the like show. A full yeah. three or four months. He was literally... Uh, the, the source of news, content, everything in the NFL world for a long time. He's back. He's finally going to play his, his first game in 700 days. And, of course, it had to be against the Houston Texans. Like, is, the NFL is pretty smart. They know what they're doing with these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still think the suspension, the length, was a little bit of a slap on the wrist. But uh, whatever it is, what it is. Obviously, I don't have all the details. Um, but But he's back. The Browns just got a big win against the Buccaneers, and it feels like he's joining them now at the perfect time. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if it's the perfect time because they are four and seven at the end of the day. So, like, I don't know if it if it means that he's going to come in and and immediately just turn this team around. Like, look, you look at the rest of their schedule; they still have the Dolphins, the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Bucks, right? And that's just five out of the last six games. So they got a, they got a tough sort of stretch as as we get back to the end of the season here and um i mean to count on a guy that that one hasn't played in 700 days to come in and and sort of immediately turn the ship around it's it's a tough ask so i'm gonna sort of temper my expectations here when it comes to what it means for the browns going forward but look i mean i don't i'm not necessarily the biggest Deshaun watson guy but for for a browns fan it's definitely an exciting time you you saw i mean Look, the team, sure, record aside, I think that they were definitely able to float. Jacoby Brissett did a very good job, um, like he always does. He's a, one of the better backup quarterbacks in this league. He's, he comes year, it feels like year in, year out, there's, there's key situations where he's got to come sort of step in and, and help a team get through a stretch where the, their starting quarterback is unavailable, and Jacoby Brissett does just that. So I think we got to give a nod to, to Brissett here, and 
um, just give him some props for once again uh, coming in and performing like a more than capable backup quarterback in the absence of Deshaun Watson. With that being said, like Watson, first game, 700 days, coming back four and seven. I don't think the Browns are just going to turn around and immediately go to the playoffs. I don't think that's a realistic ask, but it's exciting for a Browns fan to see, okay, let's see this, this offense with a superstar quarterback because they have, it's been like 25, 30 years since they've seen a superstar quarterback in a Cleveland Browns uniform. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Jacoby Brissett because that's where I wanted to go with this. And I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know if this is just me rooting against the guy, but but here's where I stand on this whole Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. Yeah, you said the Browns are 4-7. and seven. They just had a big win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The way I look at this Browns team, the reason they're four and seven is not because they missed Deshaun Watson. I don't think we're forgetting that Deshaun Watson went four and twelve with the Houston Texans a couple of years ago, and he he put up decent number. He put up good numbers. Yeah. It's just that the team around him wasn't great. Yeah. I think Jacoby Brissett has been phenomenal this year, and I mean, I use the word phenomenal. Maybe that's relative to expectations. Yeah, he's not been a top ten quarterback, but I'd put him in the above average range. If you look at this Cleveland Browns offense, the expectations going into the season, everyone said, yeah, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Amari Cooper's having a great season, which Kobe Brissett. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been involved. David Njoku's having a career year. I mean, I think, honestly, Jacoby Brissett is doing everything he can and oh, propelling man. this Cleveland offense very far. Where the problems lie with this team, it's the defensive end. Yeah, This Browns defense is not up to par with being a playoff team in the AFC. And honestly, Deshaun Watson comes in. Yeah, it's an upgrade, but I don't know if this team necessarily gets better. I don't. And he hasn't played in 700 days. I think there's going to be a bit of a rusty period to shake off. And honestly, I'm not more confident in this Browns team to start winning games any more than I was before. And honestly, I just think Jacoby Brissett has been so good that I don't know how much better Deshaun Watson's going to be. Well, like, at the end of the day, the offense still runs through Chubb, right? Exactly. And Watson's going to be asked to do pretty much exactly what Jacoby Brissett was going to ask to do. Obviously, he's a better, when it comes to a talent perspective, he's a better overall quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. But, I mean, it's hard for me not to agree here. The Browns still, the Achilles heel of the Browns is still that defense. And Deshaun Watson coming back is not improving the defense by any means, right? But, look... Again, it goes back to what I said. It's I think this is more about Browns fans getting a look at what this team is going to look like in 2024 or 2023, whatever next season is, um, with Deshaun Watson, with a, a superstar or borderline superstar. We'll see how he plays because we haven't seen him since pre-COVID. It's been pre-COVID. It's been that long. Wow. Pre-COVID Holy. was the last time that we saw Deshaun Watson in the NFL. 700 days. It's over two years. Wow. It's insane. Right. And I mean, look, you, you got to look at and you get a taste of what this team is going to look like next year. I don't expect the, the Browns to come and finish 10 and 7. Heck, I, I might even, I don't even think I'll pick them to win a game, maybe one or two games the rest of the season. I, I think it's going to be a rocky road in the first few weeks. But um, towards the end, we're talking week 15, week 16, week 17, you're at least going to see a team that will give you some hope come next season uh, for those Browns fans with Deshaun Watson leading the helm. But um, yeah, I think this is totally about Jacoby Brissett. This, this first like 12 weeks of the season, you got to give props to Jacoby Brissett because he kept them afloat. He showed himself capable and 
I mean, I, I don't know if there's many quarter, many backup quarterbacks that are better or more capable um, than Jacoby Brissett. Like, if I had Jacoby Brissett on my team as a backup quarterback, I would feel more than confident um, for him to step in at least one or two games a year if he had to, uh, for him to at least keep the team afloat and give the team a chance to win the game. Yeah, I watched him last year playing for the Dolphins for a little bit, and I'm not going to lie, I... I wasn't very impressed, but that was also in a Brian Flores system where no quarterbacks looked yeah. good. Um, that's just a little subtle job. It's not like we're going to get into that later today, but this year he's been great, and I think he's definitely played himself into a maybe even a similar situation next year where he's that bridge quarterback type for a team that is just sort of lost at the position. Um, but hey, Houston Texans this week. If I wasn't 0-2 on my hammer last week and I had a little bit of room to almost joke around, I would be throwing them in right away <laughs> at plus 7. Come on. Um, and, and that's with as bad as they looked because I don't know if I've seen a football team look as bad as they did in the first oh, half yeah. last week oh. against Miami going down 30 to nothing. Can someone explain to me why Kyle Allen is in a quarterback? Yeah, like, uh, well, they just, wanna secure the, they just want to secure the number one pick, I think. But why not just, I don't know. I guess they're, they're going to take a quarterback anyways, so... Yeah. What does it matter about seeing Davis Mills anymore? But, oh, man, I, I the Houston Texans are a disaster. They got one win on the season, Total but I'm horrible. still liking them to make the it difficult. Game. It's a revenge the, game. The revenge and I think they're going to be up to the task. Yeah, it's an organization game. It's not just about the players out on the field. It's about the organization, right? Uh, you bet your ass that this organization is going to have every single one of those guys, all 52 um, men ready to uh, stick it or try it to stick it to Deshaun Watson. I'd be, that'd be awesome. If they, if they came in and just beat him the first game of the season, oh, the first game of his return, I should say, that'd be awesome. 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 You mentioned that, uh, they are sort of in that area where they're trying to secure the first overall pick in the draft. We're at the point in the season now where there are teams that unfortunately, let's be honest, their season's over. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's very clear that they're just too far out with only, you know, a month and a half to go. Um, Texans being one of them. They actually have two top 10 picks. But another team that's picking in the top 10 that is very much alive in the playoff race, and that's because via, I'm going to call it the worst trade in NFL history. It's the best trade in NFL history for this team because they're one game out of the playoff spot. They've had a great season. Um, they've been such a great story with their quarterback, and they've moved off of their quarterback who's been a bottom five quarterback in the NFL this year. He's quarterbacking the worst offense in football. They haven't scored 17 points more than twice this season. That's, of course, I'm talking about the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks right now own the third overall pick in the draft. Imagine hearing that. Back in March, when the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, that they'd be picking in the top three. And, and hey, it's not even their own pick. So that's what they've given up right now. The Seahawks are just laughing. They look smarter by the minute with that trade. Oh, yeah. If, if you told me back in, uh, let's say, August, right before the season, if you said, okay, the Seahawks are going to have two selections. One will be in the mid-teens, uh, mid to late-teens. And the other one's going to be number three. Which one would be their pick? You would have said number three, yeah. no doubt. A hundred out of a hundred people, there was not a single person I would have said that. That number three pick would be the Broncos. So, look, they're picking number three and they're a game out of the playoffs. The, the Seahawks, if you're a Seahawks fan, this morning, you are you are ecstatic. You're going crazy. You're nuts. This is the, this is the greatest. This could 
propel a, a rebuild here. And I say a rebuild because we're talking about a Seahawks team. The story's great. I know I'm all I'm all on the bandwagon of, of the Seahawks. I, I want to see this team win. I would love to see this team in the playoffs. Even though I think that they wouldn't even come close in the playoff game. It's regard that's outside the point. I think that regardless, it's a good story. It's it's to root for Geno Smith, the guy that's been counted out for so long. Um, and the Seahawks team in general, Pete Carroll, people wrote him off, said he was washed, that he needs to retire. He comes back and is coaching this team to a they're one game out, and they play in one of the hardest divisions in football. Obviously, the Rams and the, and the Cardinals are lackluster this year, but still, they got the 49ers. They're playing in a... It, at the end of the day, it's still, tough. it's still a tough division, despite the other team's records being where they are. With that being said, it makes, it makes a good conversation when we're talking about this number three pick and what you would do. Let's say if, the draft, if we're drafting tomorrow, Wednesday, November 30th, what are you doing with the number three pick or what are you targeting to do in terms of position or are you trying to trade back? What, what's, the, what's the decision here that you, if you were the GM of the Seahawks? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I, I mentioned before, I think it's an all-time great trade. And when I look at in very recent history, all-time great trades, there's one that comes to mind and that's when the Dolphins traded Laramie Tunzel. And the reason that became an all-time great trade was because the Texans were so, so bad. And nobody expected them to be bad. Very, very similar to the Broncos. So Miami had the third overall pick that year. They traded it down. Um, the 49ers went and got trade Lance and gave a haul. So what the Dolphins did was they turned an unexpected, very, very high draft pick into more draft picks. That haul ended up turning into, I mean, of course, other trades were involved. But they managed to... Get Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Bradley Chubb, and Javon Holland. So you look at the Seahawks team, obviously it's a different situation because the Dolphins had a young quarterback already in Tua, albeit he was unproven at the time. The Seahawks have Geno Smith. So you're now picking at three and you're thinking, oh, it's a decent quarterback draft this year. You got guys like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Maybe one of them is available at three. Um, do we pull the trigger? Personally, I don't think you do. I think Geno Smith has been outstanding this year. He's second in the NFL in pass rating. He's first in the league in completion percentage. Roll with him. Use that third overall pick. Trade it to a team that's desperate for a quarterback. And build your arsenal for the future. You'll find yourself with a stacked young roster in no time. They're already well on their way there with the draft that they had last year. And then, hey, if Geno's the guy, roll with him. If two, three years down the line, you need a replacement, you'll have the picks to move up or you'll just be able to take one where you are. I think it's a perfect situation right now for the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I mean, look, if I was a Seahawks GM here and I'm looking at just, obviously your job as a GM is to project in the future and look at, at the now. So if, if this draft was tomorrow, I would be... In a perfect world, sure, yeah, it would be nice. I mean, Geno Smith is great, but I think you're in a unique situation here because you realistically could take a quarterback here like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, even though I don't think he deserves to go that high. But you can have them sit for a year because you have Geno Smith. You can either franchise tab him, give him a short-term extension, whatever you wish, but you will know that you have a capable quarterback while this young guy sits for a year or so and develops behind him. With that being said, I think that if the draft was happening tomorrow, 
The move for the Seahawks is to trade down and try and accumulate as many picks as possible for next year's draft and then use those picks to, if you're not picking number one, which I don't think they will, move up and get USC quarterback Caleb Williams, assuming that he does declare for the for the uh, draft come then because he still would have technically another year of eligibility. He could return for senior season, but I don't see why he would do that if he was projected to go first overall because I do think, I don't know if this is a hot take here, but Caleb Williams, if, if he was going to the draft this year, he'd be the number one pick and it wouldn't even be close. I think Caleb Williams is the closest thing that we've seen to Patrick Mahomes since Patrick Mahomes came out at, at Texas Tech. You you look at their tape, even their, the tape... Back then, it was crazy because we're saying back then like it's not just five years ago. Regardless, five, six years ago, whatever it was. In 2017, if you were watching Patrick Mahomes' tape, you're looking at Caleb Williams here. And now that Patrick Mahomes has made it such a norm to play that way, it's almost like a plus. Like if Caleb Williams was was a prospect in 2015, people would be like, this guy's playing like a crazy man. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much as Patrick Mahomes did in college, but their play style is so, so, so similar. And I, I, I am so high on Caleb Williams. I think he would go number one this year. I think he would go number, he's going to go number one next year, bearing, barring injury. And I even think even if he does suffer some sort of injury, he would still go one because we're talking about an immense talent here. So if I'm the Seahawks, I got my eyes set on Caleb Williams in 2024 as opposed to drafting a quarterback this year. Sort of trade down, Accumulate more picks, use that arsenal to trade back up next year. The only problem I see with that is, and listen, I'm not a I'm not a big college guy. I don't hide from that. When we do our draft talk, I'm I'm very honest. I'm no, you know, pro pro scout, but I have watched Caleb Williams and I just watched him this Saturday against Notre Dame. This guy is special. And the only problem I see with that is there's so many teams in the NFL yeah, that quarterbacks that you know, there's 20 other teams that have that same idea. Oh, let's go get Caleb Williams next year because he's just that good. Yeah. Um, and like we both said, we don't think the Seahawks are going to be that bad next year just because of the trajectory of this franchise. So the team that is that bad, it's going to take... I don't think there is a price that they would trade that first overall pick for next year. Yeah. Um, but just talking about this kid, he is... Like, he looks special and... I mean, the Patrick Mahomes comp, I think sometimes we hear it all too often. Remember Zach Wilson coming no, out? God, he has that Patrick Mahomes ability, whoever, which whoever I never that, Yeah, that was, that was ridiculous. But just the throws that he was making, specifically against Notre Dame this Saturday, and his ability to elude pressure, like, I mean, yeah. They even run the same. They run the yeah, same. But defensive lines in the NFL, obviously, are a little less forgiving than that Notre Dame one of was course, on Saturday. But, I mean, his ability to extend plays... Throw on the run, scramble. Um, he's making these sidearm throws and tight windows. Which only one other quarterback that yeah, does. And, and, and a lot of times what we see in college with good quarterbacks, oftentimes they have good receivers playing for these big programs. They're just hitting wide open guys. So it's yeah. like, okay, let's see if this translates. No, he's he's making his receivers look good out there. Um, and he just looks like a big time playmaker that, like I said, I'm sure there's at least 20 GMs right now <laughs> who are in positions where they don't really... They're not really comfortable with their quarterback long-term um, who are just all over this guy and saying he's got to be a priority next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it's way easier said than done. Um, but look, everyone's got to have a plan. And if I was a GM, I would make sure it happens because my fantasy track record is, is, is top tier. So I know how to weasel for some picks here, right? And assuming if the Seahawks in a perfect world here, next year come around, you have a team like... 
I don't want to name teams because I don't want to wish injury upon anyone. But let's say a team is picking first overall because their quarterback, they have a quarterback, but their quarterback was hurt. That team would be more susceptible to trading down because look, they can look, we're going to get a boatload six, five first round picks for a guy. Then you know what? It's a different story. But I think regardless, Seahawks enjoy this rest of the season here, regardless of what happens. Um, Geno Smith has been a cool story. I would recommend at least franchise tagging him, keeping him around. Assuming even if you draft a quarterback this year, even if the Seahawks draft a quarterback this year, it'd be wise to keep Geno Smith around for at least another season um, while that young quarterback sits and develops and eventually takes the reins for the next decade of, of a Seahawks football. So it's it's good. And like you mentioned before, I'm, I'm happy you said that because it, this is literally like an all-time trade, an all-time trade, and in, in a Seahawks favor, right? If you told me it was going to be a Seahawks, uh, if you told me it was going to be an all-time trade when it's happened, everyone would be like, oh yeah, because that means the Broncos are going to get a Super Bowl out of it, but looks like the Broncos are getting nothing but the Super Bowl. They're going to have a number three pick, and the number three pick isn't even going to go to them, right? And they got Russell Wilson doing Let's Ride, and Mike Punts or Parcells getting... Uh, Reaming them out on yeah. the sideline. But on, on the same page, though. Maybe they're doing high knees on, on back back to Denver, right? But well, no, who knows? Who knows? It's just so crazy to me how the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, trading for a veteran quarterback, and the Broncos just followed that recipe, and they're like, "Oh, we're bound to take such a leap this year," and it's just gone in the total opposite direction. Um, but regardless, I we just talked about how there's teams who are completely out of it at this point in the season. It's also time where we start looking at the playoff picture every week. Um, it's it's getting really, really interesting. And we're starting to see some teams battle in that wild card spot. Some good teams in the AFC, some not so good teams in the NFC that are still alive. That's just the nature of how things are going this year. But I think it, it will be fun to live on the show. Instead of predicting who's gonna who's gonna end up taking these spots, just looking at the playoff picture if the season ended today and pretty much playing out our brackets through 13 weeks because there are a lot of good matchups and a lot of interesting matchups in both conferences. So I think we'll go through each round at a time. So wild card, divisional, yeah, yeah, conference, yeah. and Super Bowl. Um, and just sort of give our predictions on who's going to win each matchup. Right now, if the season ended today, in the AFC, the Chiefs would be the one seed, the Dolphins would be the two seed, the Titans would be the three seed, Ravens the fourth, Bills fifth, Bengals sixth, and the New York Jets the seventh. The New York football Jets, yeah. Mike White. And uh, the NFC, we have the Eagles as the first seed, Vikings 2, 49ers 3, Buccaneers 4, Cowboys 5, Giants 6, and the Washington Commanders. The NFC Beast. Yes, four <laughs> NFC East teams in the playoffs right now, three AFC East teams in the playoffs. If the season ended today and the Patriots are right behind. So let's start off with the AFC East. We got uh, three matchups in the wild card round, Bills and Ravens, Bengals and Titans, and Dolphins and Jets. If I was picking right now, I think I'd give the edge. Despite being on the road, I, I would give the edge to the Bills here. I just have not been sold with this Ravens team this year. Um, their, their inability to win close games, I just, it's, it's, I, I know for a fact that's going to rise as a concern. Heck, I don't even know if they're, I don't, I mean, I feel like it's, it's a little bit of an overreaction, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team is battling uh, for a playoff spot. With the emergence of the Bengals, the Bengals look like they could. The Bengals are going up. The Ravens tend to be at least floating or trending downwards. So I'm take the Bills here. I'll also take, damn, the, the Bengals on the road against the Titans again. They're 2-0 the last two games against the Titans. I'll take the Bengals here again. And then I'll take the Dolphins. So that would be my AFC picks. 
I, I'm leaning towards agreeing with you. I have a tough time taking the 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 Titans to lose again. I know. Same. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, take I don't the think Titans. the Bengals have the same magic that they do as this year. But hey, they ended up beating the Chiefs twice last year. And my whole yeah. thing was, well, there's no way the Chiefs are going to lose to them twice. I think I am going to take the Titans though. Um, just to just to be a little bit more interesting, they're the home team as well. Dolphins, obviously, it's an easy one for me. I am going to take them at home against the Jets. Bills and Ravens. The Ravens have had a double-digit lead 11 times this season through their first 11 games. There's only been four teams in NFL history to do that. Every other one is 4-0. The Ravens are 7-4. and That is very concerning to me. We talked about it so many times. Every single one of their losses could have so easily be wins. And when they win, it tends to be a little bit more convincing. So this is a good football team. They just can't get it together late in games. Um, I'm not sure why. I just think the Bills, I've never been as high on them as everybody else, but I do think they're too good to to go one and done. So I'm going to be the same as you in the AFC except for the Titans. NFC is where it gets, a, I mean, one of them I'm looking I'm at. Looking, I'm looking at this right now, and I if I was going into playoff weekend, wildcard weekend, and I had to travel to Tampa Bay and play Tom Brady, I would be so pissed off if I was a Cowboy fan because the Cowboys are capable of going to the, to the Super Bowl this year, but... They got Tommy Douglas standing in front of them and, and just just waiting. Just It's like almost impossible to to not pick against him. But I'm going to pick against him. I'm going to pick the Cowboys here. He's got to lose some sometime in the playoffs here, right? It's got to happen some sometime or another. So we'll roll with it. Um, I'll also take the 49ers over the Giants. I think that's pretty easily. Uh, and I'll also take the Vikings um, over the Commanders here. Uh, and what's what's yours like looking like, Paul? I, I'm telling you here. Um, you can clip this later on. We can look back at it. Come playoff. I'm time, sure. I'm but, sure we'll get clowned maybe guys, if this happens. Tom but. Brady is not. He's just not that dude anymore. <laughs> and I, and I said this a couple weeks ago. How oh they're gonna have an easy route. They're gonna get a home game in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think there's a there's a chance the Buccaneers can roll and get it together. Um. But I was more so confident if they're playing the New York Giants. Dallas is Dallas is a different animal, especially with how good they're playing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Bucks are banged up. Um, their O line doesn't look as good as it was before. Godwin and Evans don't seem to be the super high. I mean, they're still great players, but they're just super high end weapons that they were before. Everything about the Bucks is not as good as it once was when they won the Super Bowl just two years ago. So give me the Cowboys. And then the other two for me are, are, are incredibly easy with the, the yeah, 49ers and the, Vikings. and the Vikings. All right, next round. What's the next round looking like? So um, for me, hang on, let me see what it would look like for you. Yeah, I got, I got the Titans and the Dolphins. So the Titans, it would be the Titans and the Dolphins, right? But yeah. for me, it's the Bills and the Dolphins. What a, what a matchup that would be. The Bills and the Dolphins here. Um Oh, that's a, I'm going to come back to that one. I, I'm going to take. I'm going to talk Bengals and Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs are pretty much a lock um, to at least play in the AFC Championship. But looking back at that, Bills and Dolphins. Hmm. I mean, like if we're talking best team on paper here, it's the Dolphins. Really? You think, yeah, you I think, think the Dolphins wow, are okay. a better team than the Bills. I really do. Um, I'm not as high on the Bills as, as many people. I, I mean, look, when I look at them, I see a team that relies too much on their quarterback. And if their quarterback is not playing hero ball that day, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult um, to win. And you're talking about Miami in Miami. Like, this is a tough, tough game here. And it's divisional in the in the playoffs. Ah, Miami's offense is rolling. I, I think it... I'm going to... With that being said, I think I'm going to lean the Bills here. 
just because playoff comes down to experience, yeah. I feel like, and the Dolphins just don't have it yet. Um, their chance will come. I just don't know if it's this year. So I'm going to roll with the Bills. All right. I got uh, a little bit different. I got the Chiefs and the Bills and the Dolphins and the Titans. Dolphins are still at home against the Titans. I like them. So I like them to go yeah. on. Chiefs and Bills is another one. You're exercising your demons. I mean, is this <laughs> the year the Bills finally get over that massive, massive giant? Um, and the Bills already beat the Chiefs once this yeah. year. And the Chiefs have been close to perfect since then. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win again. Of course, they will be at home if the season end, ended today. I will say one thing though. Um, of course, we're doing this if the season ended today. I don't think the Dolphins are gonna end up with the division. I don't. Uh, they have a very in, in incredibly tough stretch of games, especially their next three. They go into San Fran, into the Chargers, and into Buffalo. So that's gonna be very telling. The Bills have a little bit of an easier schedule going on, and of course, they have the same record right now. So. Um, but if, of course, if the season ended today, the Dolphins are still at home. So I got the Chiefs and the Dolphins playing in the AFC Championship, which would be very, very exciting. Two high-powered offenses. I like that. And then we're talking NFC here. NFC, I'm going to go with the 49ers to, I guess it's an upset on the road uh, in Minnesota. And I'm going to pick my pick against my Cowboys here. My reasoning, I think on paper, if we're talking just strictly roster, um, it's very comparable. Like, this is a toss-up here. But playing it against... Philadelphia in Lincoln Financial. I do think the Cowboys are going to win in, in Christmas Eve, so this is going to be a 1-1 split. Um, and this rival seems to just flip-flop every other game here. Um, Mike McCarthy, too, do, he's doing a great job, but I don't know if I trust him in big time in the playoffs like that. Uh, so if I was picking right now, I think if I was a betting man, I would take the Eagles and the, Sam, and the 49ers to play in the NFC Championship. And that's crazy because I just... I, I still do think the Cowboys are the best team in the conference right now i just you know as a cowboy fan and and watching this team so year in and year out i'm just used to them sort of falling a step short and falling just ever so slightly not reaching where this team has potential so that's why i'm picking against them yeah um i am gonna pick the 49ers i'll say that quickly i think we're gonna have the exact same super bowl so i'll say that now um that being said i think i'm gonna pick the cowboys to upset the eagles it's a coin flip for me. One thing I'm worried about is it, when that Philly running game's on, I don't think anyone has a chance. Yeah, and we can't stop the run, so. Okay, maybe I, maybe you're going to change my mind and pick the Eagles. No, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys. You pull off the upset. Last time you played in Lincoln Financial, if you had Dak Prescott, you probably win that game. So give me the Cowboys to make the upset. So that's for me, Chiefs and Dolphins and 49ers and Cowboys in my championship game. You got the Chiefs and the Bills and the 49ers and the Eagles. I'm going to go with my Super Bowl matchup, if I was picking today, would be the San Francisco 49ers yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and that's exactly what I said. I think we're going to have the same matchup because I got a rematch of that 2019 Super Bowl. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, the 2020 Super Bowl as well. Yeah. Damn. That's, I mean, look, that, that would be an exciting matchup. I think the Chiefs would win. I think that if we were both picking right now, I think we'd all... We both say that the Chiefs will ultimately be Super Bowl champions. My Chiefs, man. Yeah. Right? I think it just feels like, at least right now, obviously, there's still six weeks. Anything can happen. There's still actually, I mean, 10 weeks if we're talking until the actual Super Bowl. But Chiefs and 49ers, what a rematch that would be, right? We're talking about a rematch of a previous Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo defies all odds. Trey Lance comes in, gets injured. Jimmy Garoppolo leads the team back to the Super Bowl. What about... 
What about the talks that would create? Yeah, it's such a... I mean, I don't know if you saw the graphic that Fox put up on their broadcast this week, but Jimmy Garoppolo has the same record through, I think, 50 games? No, maybe a little bit more. Maybe his first 60 starts as Joe Montana and <laughs> Steve Young. Like... Record-wise, he's an all-time great Fortnite quarterback. <laughs> All this guy does is win. Yeah, he just wins. How they do it, say what you want, but something's working when they got Jimmy back there. Yeah. And who knows, maybe in the playoffs they'll fall short, and it's because they can't get things going in the passing game like what happened last year against the Rams. But I don't know. Something about this 49ers team just screams Super Bowl run, and it's Jimmy at the helm, and it seems to be working for them. And that would be a great story, a yeah. little rematch against the Chiefs. I will say this. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year, regardless of what happens. Even if it's not for the 49ers, there will be a team that sees value in him finally because they didn't see it this season um, and makes a move for Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever they do, somehow gets him on the roster, and he's that perfect franchise bridge quarterback. I don't want to say franchise, franchise quarterback, but he's a quarterback that can keep your team afloat while you scurry around and find a young quarterback to learn behind him, and eventually take the reins from him. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I, I think it's going to be the New York Jets. That's perfect. sort of my That's perfect. Jimmy to the Jets. It just Jimmy or, or off Derek Carr, I think. Yeah, Jimmy. Derek Carr's Jimmy another good Derek option. Carr. But I think, I mean, Mike White's a great story. What if Mike White becomes the best quarterback in the league, though? I wouldn't put it past him. This guy's <laughs> just money. I don't know if you saw the picture. Cowboys undrafted free agent. Did you see the picture of the... Uh, Jets sideline where it was Mike White looking at the iPad, Joe Flacco looking at the iPad, and then Zach Wilson was just sitting there like staring <laughs> off of his face. And I was like, picture's worth a thousand words. This is the the Jets quarterback room right now. I don't know. You have to feel for, for Zach Wilson sitting there in the rain on the sideline. I'm not sure he's even, doing okay. You got a nice little paycheck here. Yeah, it's true as well. So that's whatever. Um, and he'll, he'll still float around because the fact that, I mean, if his career is done with New York, just given the fact that he was a second overall pick or whatever he was, um, he'll still get he'll float Do you around. Genuinely, think his career's done. Like I don't I, think I could I, easily see the Jets. I mean, Mike White looks good, and and maybe they'll win some games with him. But ultimately, maybe in the playoffs, I think there's going to be a point where they just see that, like, yeah, Mike White, nice story, but he's not in a top quarterback in yeah, this league, of course, and, and of course. They, they lose. Maybe they lose big in an important game, and then you go into next offseason, it's like okay. Do we just roll with Zach Wilson again? Do do I think Zach Wilson is done in New York? Yes. Do I think that he won't start? Do I think he'll start another game at some point for the Jets? I do think so as well. Both things can be true. Um, but I think in terms of his, is he the franchise guy in New York? I think that ship has sailed. I think so at least. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's right? fair. We'll see. Um, anyways, that's our little playoff. Fun little yeah, bracket fun. prediction. Um, let's end off the show as we always do with the hammer. Brutal, brutal week for me last week. Actually, both of us lost by, what, half a point yeah. in one game. Um, and, and it's weird because we do these on Tuesday. I picked the, the Baltimore Ravens to win. <laughs> and then by Sunday, I was all over so the Jaguars. Yeah, the and then I looked back at the show and I'm like, did I seriously pick the Ravens? What am I doing? I thought for sure the Jaguars were going to win that game. Or not win that game, at least cover the spread. Um, but regardless, we go again. I'm now nine, nine and two on the season. So not so great. Um, but I do have the first pick this week and I will pull that up in front of me right now. Um, cause I'm actually pretty excited about these picks. And I said it before, I would have loved to take the Texans plus seven. I don't quite have that much confidence, even though that's more wishful thinking, but, uh, here we go. First pick. Now we were just talking about the jets. 
I'm going to take them in a bit of a letdown spot. They go into Minnesota this week. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. They're just minus 2.5, which I think is great value. You can find that on Betway at minus 120. Vikings have a little bit more rest playing on Thanksgiving. I just like the matchup. And Justin Jefferson versus Sauce Gardner is going to be a fun one. But as always, I'll always take Justin Jefferson in any matchup. I like that pick, Pac. That was, that was one of my potential, um, potential picks here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick my number two option here just because I think this might be your number two spot. So if we're talking about the, the, the um, you know, luck of the draw here, I'm going to go with the Dolphins plus, plus three and a half. Actually, I'm staying away this at, week. At North Star Sportsbook. I think this has to do more about the number here yeah. than it does with the ultimate uh, winner of this game. I think this game's a toss-up, and usually when it's a toss-up, it's about a field goal game. So I think, I mean, I'll bet the number here. I'll bet the three and a half um, because I think this game sort of has a field goal win right all over it, right? Even the last second, sort of one, two, even three-point win. So I'll take the sort of buffer here with the three and a half points. I'm surprised it's three and a half, to be honest. I thought it would be around one and a half, even two. Um, but hey, I, I get the free, basically, whenever I see a line that's three and a half in a toss-up game like this, I tend to bet the other way. Just give me the three and a half points more than often. I feel like it hits. So the Dolphins plus three and a half at North Star bets. The only reason I stayed away from this one is, uh, doesn't sound like Teron Armstead's going to go for the Dolphins. Yeah. And that is just, I mean, when he went down against it, the Texans, Tua lasted two drives and like, yeah, maybe we should take this guy when it's 30 to nothing because he was getting killed. <laughs> so it's it's crazy to see. I mean, the offensive line is, of course, five guys. Yeah. Toronto Armstead is an all-pro level player, but you remove just one of the five Absolutely. and all of a sudden everything everything starts to crumble. So hopefully that's not the case on Sunday. Again, it's also in San Fran. Mike McDaniel return game should be a fun one. Um, I'm staying away this week, though. My final pick. Now, I got two of them. I wrote down three in case you took one. Um I got two of them. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans. I I wanted to take the Chiefs against the Bengals because that is a revenge game. But I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans strictly because it's five and a half points. They're going into Philly. Yeah, it's a tough game. But Tennessee is a team built to play against a team like Philadelphia. And uh, like I said, five and a half points is a lot. You can find that on BetSafe at minus 109. And the Titans had had a stretch of... Eight straight weeks covering the spread. They unfortunately didn't cover last week against the Bengals. Of course, when I take them. Yeah, but I think I think they're going to get rolling again. Derrick Henry, um, if he can if he can get going against this yeah. Eagles defense, it's going to be a tough tough day. And and I I could even see Tennessee winning this game. So to, to get him at five and a half, yes, please lock it in. I like that pick. I like it. I'm going to go with my final pick. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus nine and a half. Again, this is another. It feels like three half points. Um, I thought this would be a double-digit spread for sure. Uh, it's nine and a half at points bet here. I just, when I look at this game, I don't think the Colts, I just don't see um, how the Colts can keep up with, with the Cowboys offense here and especially putting points consistently on that defense. I think it's going to be a hard task and a lot to ask for Matt Ryan. Um, if the Cowboys get this, get up early, which I think they can, uh, and the Colts can no longer sort of establish a run with, with Jonathan Taylor, I think this game could get... Um, pretty ugly. Um, we're talking about a Sunday night football game here too. So, um, it's not for, for outlook. It's not the greatest game. Um, but who knows, assuming that they don't turn it or magically turn it around. Like we tend to see every so often with, with teams playing to the Cowboys, either the Cowboys playing down to their opponents or their opponents playing up to the Cowboys. Um, I'll never know, but I'll take the Cowboys here minus nine and a half at points bet. 
I just don't know what's going on with these primetime games this year. I mean, the Colts again on primetime. Yeah, I know. The Patriots play four primetime games in a row. Four in a row on primetime. Like, Patriots. did they really think that, like, Matt Ryan was going to come in and just magically make this team a Col- like this Colts team a contender? Like, why are they on primetime so often? I'm just salty because an offense with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle got two primetime games this yeah, year. Yeah, that's insane. Ridiculous. Anyways, that's the hammer for the week. Lock him in. I'm feeling a bounce back week for myself. I mean, you're you've been pretty much a little bit more steady this year. Uh, I mean, you're three games up on me right now, so that, that's not too good. And I still buffer. I might clinch playoffs here soon. Yeah, like, I, I got to get things rolling. I need a couple 2 no weeks in a row, so hopefully it starts this week. Um, anyways, that's the show for today, guys. Um, bit of a shorter one. Than yeah, usual, a short one. I mean, it's been a dead last two weeks yeah, if we're talking. <laughs> the VTFL has been more excited than the NFL. VTFL is always exciting. So, yeah. anyways, um, if you made it to the end, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with us and, and listening. We appreciate all your support, especially as of late. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys in whatever. We- I don't know if it's going to be episode 13 or 14 yeah, next I week. Mean, maybe I, I, maybe Pac will come in and say episode 21. Count. I think he's lost count. And we're only <laughs> 14 episodes. We're already losing count, Pac. This is, uh, this is, no, it's good. A, this is no good. It's a long season. This is a bad look on us here. It is a bad look. But it's a bad look. Next you know, week, I'll come a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see you guys next Tuesday, whether that's episode 14, episode 15. Regardless, thank you all for sticking to the end. If you did, leave likes, comments, subscribe to our podcast on audio. Wherever you're listening to this, you know the deal. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care, guys.